0: Thanks for listening to another leadership podcast from Pastor Jurgen and the team here at C3 San Diego. To find out more about our church, go to C3SanDiego.com. Fantastic. It's going to be an exciting next couple of weeks. It's our Super Bowl. And I heard it was amazing on the weekend. Great weekend. Pastor Paul Scanlon, bricks without straw message looked amazing. Fantastic! Just great, great uh, services. All four locations. Praise God, uh, Pastor Leanne and I. It's were at um, her uncle's funeral, so it's good to be back in America. It was just a quick trip, but uh, it was a it was a good trip. Good to be with family at those times. Fantastic. Well, come with me in your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy sounds like Geronimo, but Deuteron- Deuteronomy chapter 9 verse one, Deuteronomy chapter 9 verse one. It's coming fresh off my devotional this morning, so it'll be a little bit of fun. Deuteronomy 9 verse one says, "Hero Israel, you are now about to cross the Jordan to go in and dispossess nations greater and stronger than you." With large cities that have walls up to the sky. The people are strong and tall. Anakites, you know about them and have heard it said who can stand up against the anarchites but be assured today that the Lord your God is the one who goes across ahead of you like a devouring fire he will destroy them he'll subdue them before you and you will drive them out and annihilate them quickly as the Lord has promised you gonna say promised I'm reading out of the NIV and probably the New King James is up on the the screen behind me. But uh, I just love that because there's a there's a theory and most Christians have adopted this theory because it, it sounds very rational. It sounds very logical. Quite often, the word of God actually contradicts rationale and logic. Like it's not logical to walk on water and it's not rational that when Simon Peter saw the wind and the waves, he's thinking, oh, how can I be out of here walking on water? Because how many people know it's much easier to walk on water when there's no wind or waves? Come on, how many people know it's got nothing to do with wind or waves? So his rationale and his logic betrayed him. And so, so there's a rationale and a logic at the moment that, you know, if, if, uh, if it's God, it must be easy. You know, God, God, God leads us the easy path. For example, you know, uh, we get a lot of persecution around prosperity. And one of the favorite scriptures that people will quote is, well, you know, the Bible says Jesus speaking, how difficult it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. How difficult, and so Jesus even having a, you know, kind of a dig there that, you know, hey, you know, how difficult it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Therefore, because Jesus used the word difficult, we should actually abstain from, you know, riches and prosperity. Because how many people know Jesus doesn't want us to do anything difficult? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, when he said, hey, you know, take up your cross, oh, well, well, it's heavy. Well, you know, put it down. What, what about a pillow? Take up your pillow, you know, deny yourself. What that's tough too, don't deny yourself, indulge yourself, follow me. Or that's inconvenient, yeah, I'll wait. No, I don't have a vision or a purpose, I'll wait. You know, it's like, did you know there's a saying that if we are willing to do the difficult, God does the impossible? If we are willing to do the difficult, God is, God is the God of the impossible. The, the, the question is, are we willing to do the difficult? For some people, uh, and if you kind of travel and fly a little bit, you'll, you'll see that for some people it's just difficult to serve with a smile. For some people, serving and smiling at the same time just seems to be, I can't multitask. I can be rude and serve. <laughs> but I can't smile and serve. And uh, it's funny that, you know, these people, if you ask them what they do, they'll tell you they're in the service industry, uh, but there's, you know, that nobody's really taught them how to actually serve with a smile. And uh, your smile says more about anything else. And uh, it was so funny, uh, Pastor Lien asked for a pillow, and the next minute, you know, she kind of pushed the button, so the air hostess came and and Leanne's like, ooh, what's this? And Leanne's like, and she's just like this, waiting for Leanne to speak. And then Leanne's like, um, could I get a pillow? And I like, well, first I have to wash my hands. Okay. Knock yourself out. Besides, we do not sure if there are any left. God bless you. And uh, just, just amazing, like... What do you get paid to do? Serving people? Why are you mad? Because I have to serve them? Okay, anyway, and so so sometimes serving with a smile. But, you know, I've actually found that uh, what makes rivers and men crooked is following the path of least resistance. You will find that too often God will ask you to do what's difficult, not what's convenient. In fact, I always find the testing of God is, can I take the difficult path... How many of you know it's so much easier just to hold grudges? Oh, and it's juicy. It's uh, so much easier to hold bitterness and resentment. It is so much easier to gossip. Oh, gossip is juicy because you know something that no one else knows and you just feel like I've got to get this out because if I can tell you this, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, most of us knew already, you know, and, and, and it makes you look important. But the Bible says that a gossip separates or a slanderer separates the best of friends. The Bible says he, he who is of a faithful spirit conceals a matter. But a whisperer separates the best of friends, and and yet I've I've often found that my flesh is working against the blessing of God. That 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 I have to choose to go against the grain, I have to go against the flow of my flesh. If you live indulging your flesh, the Scripture says that you will reap from the fl- flesh corruption and destruction. So that means that you have a corrupting, destroying force that you wake up with every morning, that you go to bed with every night. It's not your spouse, it's you. you. That we constantly have to understand that in my flesh, the apostle Paul says, nothing good dwells. In my flesh, nothing good dwells. And so the Bible says in Galatians 5 that we ought to sow to the Spirit. Whoever sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit re- reap everlasting life. And so, you know, we want to we want to be people that understand the power of being in the house of God, the power of being in church. The whole reason Jesus came, the weekend that changed the world, the weekend that saved mankind was Jesus came to break the power of sin and put a brand new nature and then fill us with heaven's Spirit, with the Spirit. Of God, you don't have the spirit of an angel. You don't have the spirit of you know. You have the spirit of the living God on the inside of you, which means that you can begin to have God results. You begin. You can begin to reap God rewards. You can begin to uh, produce God fruit in your life. Amen. Did you know that you, the the very miracles Jesus did, He says, and you will do likewise. When I go to the Father, in fact, greater miracles than these will you do because I go to the Father. And now the disciples are like, we don't want you to go to the Father. It's just to your advantage to go to the Father. Because unless I go, I can't send Him, the Helper, the Advocate, the Paracletos, the Holy Spirit. And when He comes to you, the miracles that I do, He'll testify. You'll do the greater things. You'll be. You'll receive power. So, so God wants the church to be filled with power. Now, He doesn't fill us with power to do the possible. Amen. He doesn't fill us with power to do what we can do in our own strength. Well, what's this power for? Well, I had a leftover. (laughs) Had nowhere else to put it. No, no, put that down. That's too difficult. Come on, you, sh- you and I in this house, there is something broken. There is something uh, there is something mismanaged. If, if our preaching is preaching the possible, if our preaching is preaching the convenient, if our preaching is not preaching the difficult, the narrow road, the, the higher road, the higher path, if, if, if that's what we're preaching, then we're missing it. There's a reason that God gave you and I power, but it's to do the impossible. It's to live a life that is not ordinary but extraordinary to put the extra in extraordinary so here God says I'm, I'm taking you across the Jordan River you're about to cross over into the promised land and when you get to that land there are going to be the Anakites the Anakim the Anakim were, were, were giants in fact pretty much all of Canaan was filled with giants all king of Bashan's bed was 16 feet long seven feet wide was his bed he was almost 15 feet tall I was there next to a plane uh, flying back a few years ago uh, from Phoenix next to a a man from the Middle East. And he kept interrupting as I was trying to read. Quite often on planes, I don't want to talk to anybody, which is a little bit rude because normally I talk to everybody. And um, anyway, he kept asking what I was reading. And so finally, and then he asked me, "Do do I believe in the Nephilim? I said, the Nephilim? He says, yes. Do you believe in the phylum? I said, oh, the Nephilim. Yes, yes. And then he began to tell me that his wife, uh, her husband was the curator of the museum in Damascus. And he says, and he took us down underneath where, you know, it's not open for public display. And he said, you know what we saw there? Said, what did you see there? He said, several human skeletons, 14 feet long. And so, all through all through the Middle East, all through that area, there were giants. The Anakim were giants, and the Bible says that the cities, the walls, went up to the sky. They were giants. Then they were giants because they, they come from. Uh, the fallen angels who, who went into the daughters of men produced a hybrid race. But even after the flood, the genetics was, was still compromised. And so Nimrod, the Bible says, a Nimrod began to be a mighty one in the earth. Well, the Hebrew is Genesis, the beginnings, says so translated began, but the, the, the word mighty one is the word gigantes. So it's actually a loose translation to call a mighty one. The proper translation of gigantes is giants. So Nimrod began to be a giant. He was the beginning of the giants post flood. And if you look from Nimrod, all the, all the, all the giant races come. And, uh, and so here the Anakim have got these, these fortified walls and these, these, these cities with towers, you know, and walls going right up to the sky. And here are these little Israelites. They're going to now dispossess these people. That their job is to take down giants. And I just kind of look at our San Diego and, and uh, you know, locations and, you know, the biggest building in, that, that we're buying in Desconso. And then God throws in 427 acres at the same time. And it's the first time in our 12 years that we didn't have the money just sitting in overflow in the bank thinking, what do we do with this? You know, we've actually got to step out. We actually got to cross the Jordan, <laughs> believing that the giants are going to fall, believing that, that you know, life is too short not to believe. God isn't looking for for people who have skill. He's looking for people who have belief. Because Moses goes on in this chapter to talk about how their forefathers perished in the wilderness. That there was a generation that had an opportunity. The Bible says when they came to... Uh, Kadesh Banea when they came to Kadesh Banea God said cross over and take the promised land and the Bible says they, they retreated back they didn't believe they didn't believe because they saw the giants they saw everything that was going on and they says, we are not able and so God says, well, that's it. Because of your disobedience, didn't I just open a Red Sea? Didn't I bring a river out of a rock? Like, have you forgotten all of these miracles all of a sudden? The, the the size of your opponents, the size of your difficulty, the size of the obstacle is greater than the power that saved you, is greater than the power that delivered you, is greater than the power that brought you through the waters of baptism, is greater. The, 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 you're saying that your enemy is greater than God? And so this." That Generation perished in the wilderness. Now, Moses is leading the Joshua generation. He's just about to hand the keys to Joshua and he's saying, Now, hero Israel, I want everybody to hear this. You're about to cross over, and I want to make it plain. I want to make it obvious. What you're going to face is difficult. What you're about to face is going to look It's going to dwarf you. It's going to look intimidating. You will come to the realization that in your strength you cannot do this. When you see the size of the giants, you're going to realize that you are inadequate. That you are ill-equipped. That you are ill-resourced. That what is in front of you is greater than what is with you without me. Because I want your eyes to lift and I want you to see me. But I, but Moses goes on and says, but I need to teach you. And I need to remind you that this, this circle has come around full. That we were here before. That there was a generation that had an opportunity to do the impossible. There was a generation that had an opportunity to do the difficult. There was a generation who could face impossible odds and dare to believe that their God was bigger, that their God was greater than the fortified cities, was greater than the giants, was greater than the obstacles, but they failed, they missed out. And now the circle is complete, has come back. Will this generation rise up? I am absolutely convinced, I'm absolutely convinced that if we don't believe God, God will sigh, but He will wait for a whole generation. He will wait for another generation. And I'm determined that on my way, I'm not gonna go out. I'm not gonna let the lights go. I'm not gonna put the light out at night. I'm gonna have the. I'd rather go down in a flame of glory, in a blaze of glory, believing God for the impossible. I'd rather have people say, man, the, the problem with this, here lies Jurgen Matesius. His problem was he dared to believe that God was the God of the impossible. Life is too short. You know, King David, at the end of his life, God says to him, the Bible says that God had given David peace from all the nations round about. And that, that, that Israel had enjoyed almost 40 years of peace under King David. And that he was transitioning the kingdom and the throne to his son Solomon in a time of incredible peace and prosperity. But then God speaks to David. And he says to David, if that were a small thing, if you would have asked... I would have given the nations as your inheritance. I would have given you the whole world, but you just settled for a little tiny plot called Israel david 's ask david 's vision david 's faith was just man I, I don 't know about you, but i I, I don 't want to be guilty before God. I want to stand before God and God says man, if you would have asked, if you would have just believed. Because how many people know that whatsoever things you ask for, believe. You can't ask without believing. Because if you ask without believing, you know, I'm just being silly. I've actually found that one of the greatest exercises of faith is to ask. Because when I begin to ask, now I'm like, oh, hang on, whoa, whoa. Because obstacles. So now I've got to build up my faith. What does God say? We always build our faith on the promises of God. Have faith in God. I f- have faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God, because there's always going to be difficult. There's always going to be things in front of you that are speaking to your brain, that are disconcerting your soul, that are creating anguish and fear and, and animosity. And w- w- where, where do you draw strength If you put your your bucket down into that well, it's going to draw up for you. Compromise is going to draw up for you. Fear is going to draw up for you. Anxiety is going to draw up for you. Retreat. But i found if I don't put my bucket in that well, if I take my bucket over to the Word of God and I lower my bucket down into the Word of God and I pull up the Word of God, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Every place the sole of my foot shall tread. God has given me. Come on, if God be for us, who or what can be against us? I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus, I am an over... When I begin to draw from the Word of God, I begin to find faith. I begin to find faith. And what's what's the purpose of faith? The purpose of faith is to believe. The purpose of faith is to believe. What are you and I believing for? What are you believing for this, this, this year? What are you believing for this week? I've just decided, man, I'm going to believe for a thousand people, a thousand souls to get saved over Easter and Hero. Why not? Man, and I, I I I'm happy to be rebuked by the Holy Ghost and say, man, what what, what are you doing believing down here? Come on, get out of a little minor league, start playing in the major league. <laughs> Life is too short to believe for the for the possible. Yeah. Life is too short to avoid the difficult. Yeah. Life is too short to just hope that we get by. Come on, somebody. Life, God created you. God put you on this planet. You and I have the spirit of the living God. The great God Almighty lives on the inside of you. And he wants to stir up. He wants to bring the word of God. When the word of God and the spirit of God come together, nothing will be impossible. What is flowing out of your mouth? Is out of your mouth coming impossible? Is out of your mouth coming, oh, that can't happen. Is out of your mouth coming, man, that's too deep. Is out of your mouth coming complaint? Or is out of your mouth coming declaring the promises of God? Is out of your mouth, are you declaring the promises of God? You know, we know that 12 spies crossed the the Jordan River. And 10 spies says, we are not able. Two spies says, what are you talking about? If God delights in us, we are more than able. Let us go up at once. And you've, you've all heard me, but it's worth repeating. You know, who was right, the 10 or the 2? It's a trick question because all 12 were right. All 12 were right. The 10 who said it couldn't be done were 100% correct. For them, it couldn't be done. They died on this side of the Jordan River. Their, their, their confession determined their destiny. You didn't hear that, but it's true. Their confession determined your destiny. Do you know the Bible says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaketh. I know what's in my heart, but what comes out of my mouth? Oh, that can't happen. Oh, shoot, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where did doubt come? Where, where did disbelief, where did unbelief get into my heart? Now I need to go and do some 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 heart surgery. I need to go, and, and King David said this in Psalm 119, they would have I hidden in my heart heart that I might not sin against you. The, the 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 storage room for your heart or the storage room for the Word of God is your heart. It's, it's interesting because in that same passage of my devotion this morning, in Luke chapter 8, it's the the parable of the sower. And the sower talks about... Jesus, you know, talks about the power of the sower. The sower sows seed. Some falls by the path, eaten up by the birds. Some fall among, you know, stony places and springs up quickly, but then the sun scorches and has no root and it withers away. And then others fall among thorns and, and uh, you know, weeds and choke them. And then some falls on good soil and it reaps 30, 60, 100 fold. And then Jesus kind of gives the explanation. He says, the seed is the word of God. So there ain't nothing wrong with the seed. The seed is the word of God. The seed is, there's nothing wrong with this word. But there are four different types of soil it can land in. And when Jesus talks about the soil, he, he actually tells the exi- disciples, he explains to them, I'm talking about four different states that the human heart can be in. So so we want to preach the word. A lot of people sneak in and they say, well, you know, we, I don't really like that C3 church because, you know, the pastor, I'm not sure if he's insecure, but he has to get people to, to cheer and say amen and say wow and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. And the people standing, it's so distracting. And, and uh, the, the reason we do that is not because I'm, I'm so insecure that I need, but because I'm not just responsible to speak the word. I, as a farmer, Jürgen, farmer, as a farmer, I also want to be responsible for the soil. For the soil, so I don't want it to land on on hard paths. The the seed can't go into a path because the path is worn. It's been walked on by everybody. It's it's common. It's a common area. If you if you just follow the common theory, if you follow culture, if you go where everyone else is going, you find the word of God is there. Yeah, okay, what you're saying, but it just sits, it doesn't penetrate. So the reason we get people to engage is because I want your heart to be open because I want you to receive the word. The second soil is the soil that's that's, uh, stony ground. And the Bible says they receive the word with joy, but because they have no root. Because they have no root, the sun scorches them and and they wither away. It says in a time of testing, they wither away. And so so what we want to do is we want to create a culture where we're encouraging people not just hear the word of god but actually put your roots down yeah. if you're rootless you're fruitless <laughs> if you walk through an orchard the, the trees the trees in an orchard aren't doing this they're not ah! <gasps> A tree's biggest struggle is not the producing of fruit. A tree's biggest struggle is the finding of water. Every tree, every plant, the battle is not the producing of fruit. That's consequential. Every tree, every battle for every plant is the roots going down to find water, searching to find water. We want people to put their roots down. What is water? Jesus talks about washing in the water of the Word of God, teaching people how to put your roots down in the Word of God. Build your life on the Word of God. Don't build your life on the failing, flailing philosophies of men that are temporary, that are here today and gone tomorrow. Build your life on something that is a sure foundation. Build your life on the Word of God. Build, your, build into your life worship. had the most amazing revelation on the way over. I was reading about... Um, the the wonderful Levitical laws and the laws in Deuteronomy. And uh, it's quite interesting. And uh, how many people know that the wisest man in the Old Testament was Solomon? And yet Solomon in his later years backslid. Did you know that? The Bible says he had 300 wives, 600 concubines, and they turned his heart from the Lord. And so for years, for years, this perplexed me. How could the wisest man makes such dumbass decisions. (laughs) Like, I I don't understand. How could the wisest man in the entire Old Testament backslide? And then I'm reading through the, the Old Testament ceremonial laws and then I understand. I understand. So Solomon had wisdom, but watch this. He had 300 wives, 600 concubines, 900, 900 People that he could have sex with. In the Old Testament, when a man has sex, he's, because of the emission from his body, is now unclean. And he has to wait to be able to go into the temple. Because he has 300 wives plus 600 concubines, Solomon had wisdom but lost his worship. Solomon had wisdom, he had sexual intimacy, but he lost his worship. No wonder his heart turned from God, because you and I don't just need wisdom, we need worship. We don't just need wisdom, we need worship. And I'm telling you, worship is allowing your soul to drink, putting your roots down in worship. You need worship. You need worship. In the, the, my devotional today, Moses goes, tells how he we went up onto the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. And he said he wasn't even gone but 40 days. He said he was in the presence of the Almighty God 40 days, 40 nights. He ate no, no bread, drank no water. God sustained him. He says, and when I came down, you guys had already turned away. God says, get down these people that you brought out of Egypt. They have already broken all the laws. They've built a golden calf. They're, they're in revelry and all kinds of debauchery. He says, you couldn't even last 40 days, six weeks. It's just so important. If you said to me, hey, pastor, what's the key to success? I'd say consistency. Like turn up to church. Oh, yeah, it's easy to turn up to church. It's Easter weekend. We've got face painting for the kids and jumpy castles. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. But turn up when there's no face painting. Turn up when there's no jumpy castles. Oh, well, next week is Hero. That's awesome. But just keep turning up. Just if you just keep turning up. If you just keep turning up. If you just make a decision every week I'm going to be in the house of God. Every week I'm coming. I'm going to lift my hands. Every week. You know, some weeks it's easy. Some week you you know you, you close that deal. Your, your your best friend remembered your birthday party, and it's man, it's easy to worship God. And then other weeks, you know that you know everybody's left you, and they've forsaken you, and you've got evicted from your home, and the dog bit you. And Then you realize you don't even have a dog. And, uh, and then you come into church, and it's like man, and every, and the devil's in your head saying man don't you worship God what has God done for you this week and then you realize you know what I'm not worshiping him because of what he's done I don't have God on a performance contract Lord I will worship thee when thou performest I will worship God because he is God almighty and he's the same God on the mountaintop as he is in the valley he's the God of the sunshine as he is of the darkness he's the God of the good times and he's the God of the bad times he is just God and he is good all the time and right now I may be going through a season right now I may be going through some darkness maybe right now I'm going through testing or challenge or difficulty See, but I know this. If I keep worshiping God, if I keep my heart right with God, He's going to bring me through this time, through this season. Somebody say amen. Just being consistent. But your soul craves the water that comes from worship. Solomon backslid because he had wisdom without worship. If we get so wise, if we get so smart, if we replace human interaction and human relationships. See, because the next one, says that not only you know did the seed fall by the the stony soil and they had no root at the time of testing at the time of difficulty they backslid. He says the next one they f- fell amongst the weeds and the thorns, and he says the cares of this life, riches, choke the word of God so it's unfruitful. These are the people who were taken out by the blessing of God. One of the things that you will begin to discover. The Bible says when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. God said to the Israelites, He says, All nations will look at you if you observe my laws. If you observe my laws and if you observe my statutes and my commands, all the nations of the earth will look at you because you will have wisdom. You will have blessing and favor like none of the none of the other nations have. I know this to be a fact because I got saved out of a, a home where my dad was an atheist. The, the way that he problem solve was he ran from problems or or he just name called or black labeled blacklisted people that had contrary opinions and either, either way was dysfunctional and so when I get saved I begin to read the word of God and the word of God is so different to the way I brought up and so I knew the, the abuse that I was leaving and the dysfunction that I was leaving so for me it was like you know what I'm gonna actually gonna just start building my life on this and then I look at my life today and And I realize my life today isn't because I just happen to be lucky or I happen to be, you know, in the right place at the right time. My life today is, and it's gone through testings, is I've just built the Word of God into my life because there's a wisdom that comes from the Word of God, and you will find that that wisdom will cause you to flourish. You'll find that being in the house of God, beginning to tithe, bringing your offerings in, serving, putting God first, worshiping God, denying yourself, taking up your cross, following Him, you will find that blessing will begin to come upon your life. But the blessing is a test within itself. That's why Jesus says how difficult it is for the rich to enter the kingdom. Because the way we enter the kingdom is we trust. We trust in Jesus. Whereas if I've got wealth, I can kind of trust in my wealth. I can trust in what my arm produces. And so these people, the, the third soil, are people that get taken out by the blessing. I can't tell you how many times as a pastor I've seen people come in, they're broke, they're busted up, they're, they're just barely putting their life together and then they start flourishing. They, there's an anointing on this house. Because number one, we give people permission to prosper. A lot of churches don't give people permission to prosper. A lot of churches preach against prosperity and preach against you know, wealth and wealth building and, and uh, they've replaced the Word of God with you know, uh, fear-driven theology. And so we we give people permission to prosper, but then we teach people that there's a power to prosper. Deuteronomy 8.18, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get well, that He may establish His covenant in the earth. And so people find that there's a permission and then there's a power to prosper. But then once prosperity comes, stuff comes with it. Bigger house, bigger car, yacht, vacations. And before you know it, you're like Solomon. The, the blessing of God and the favor of God begins to take out your worship take out your devotion that's why you've got to seek first the kingdom of God yeah. the rich young ruler says all these commandments I've kept since I was a youth one thing you lack sell everything you have and give to the poor put the kingdom first because he says good teacher what must I do that I may inherit eternal life I, I, I and he says ah there's your problem you live for you It's all about you. You have a myopic worldview. That's why you're empty. He says, but if you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added. And so these people are taken out because of the the blessing. Well, you know, God has no problem with you having riches. He has a problem with riches having you. Like God is a jealous God, but he's a God of blessing. So you and I forever are going to live in a conundrum. That we have a God who's a God of blessing, but He's a God of jealousy. He's a God of blessing, and He says, but don't make an idol. Don't shift your trust. So God will bless you, and that blessing, the Bible says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. But now, will you make an idol out of your riches? Will you boast about your riches? Will you put your trust in your bank account? Will you put your trust in... That's why when, when Desconso came up, it really wasn't convenient. And, and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Finally, you're back to where you were 12 years ago. Well, you came out with just the little that you had in your pocket with your five loaves and two fish, but dared to believe for something great. It's taken me 12 years to get you back there again. And I thought, far be it from me, because the same faith that built what we have today is the same faith that's going to build what we're going to inherit tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not going to say, hey, God, you, you were great, but thank God I can now now roll off dependence upon God and, and have my dependence on my financial management, and my financial skills, and, and what we have in assets and what we have in, in the bank account. No, no, no. Let's, let's keep faith in the same God. 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 He's, he's the God that parts the Jordan. He's the God that parts the Red Sea. He's the God that brings judgments on, on Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He's the same God who delivers. He's the same God that brings manna. He's the same God that brings water. He's the same God that brings salvation. He's the same God that saves you. He's the same God who heals you. He's the same God who delivers you. He's the same God that prospers you. He's the same God that blesses you. God forbid that we should step back into what our hands has produced. No, no. Or even the blessing of God. Never le- allow the blessing of God to replace the God of the blessing. Never allow the blessing of God to replace the God of the blessing. Seek first the kingdom of God. That's why I always bring the time. Whenever you get blessed, whenever you get blessed, whenever Leanne and I, you know, have uh, blessed when we go away to speak or whatever and people g- give us an honorarium, the first thing we do is we take out 10%. First thing we do, take out 10% and then usually on top of that, we'll give about another 10 or more in an offering just to, just to honor God because I, I never want to put my faith and my trust yeah. In the blessing. I want to always put my faith in, in the God of the blessing. And you will find that if you keep putting your faith and your trust in the God of the blessing, the blessing of God will always flow. Through. God will never be afraid to send His blessing your way because He knows you ain't going to make an idol of it. Come on, somebody say amen. And the, fir- the fourth kind of soil is good soil, where the word goes in and produces a crop 30, 60, 100 fold. And Jesus said, The good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart. Who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a cop, a crop. Who hear it, retain it, and by persevering. You know, if there's probably a, a word that we don't like, it's the word perseverance. Perseverance. Keep on keeping on. I get knocked down, but I get up again. We need to almost bring a resurgence of that song. That should be a worship song in church. I don't know why the secular guy wrote it. It should have been a church song. The Bible says, though the righteous fall seven times, seven times he rises. There's got to be a perseverance. One of my favorite movies, you know, of, of the past, and this will date me, was The Terminator. With the governor, Sarah Connor, you know. And, and The Terminator, it's like, you know, they, they shot him. And yeah, I remember Reece thinking, oh, that's over. And then all of a sudden, boom boom boom, 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 His eyes open, boom, boom, And then he sits up, and then he starts chasing again. You're like, you can't kill this guy. Like, they blew him up. They shot him. They put him in a truck that was on fire, a fuel truck, tanker, you know, and then he falls down. You're thinking, and then just a skeleton's chasing him. And then they crush him in a press, and now there's just an arm and a torso. I'm thinking, we need more. If we had Christians even with a tenth. I'm leaving church. Oh, why are you leaving? Nobody made me a coffee. You know, I lined up for my... You know, it's amazing. People leave church because I got offended. You know, I didn't like my connect group leader. You know, they talked about politics. They keep mentioning money. And uh, it's like, you ain't going to produce Jack Diddley squat. Because a good and noble heart retains the word of God, the Bible says, and through perseverance produces... God wants you to produce but before produce comes perseverance perseverance means that you're going to face some adversity you're going to face some challenge you're going to face some difficulty the difficulty there is there to test the word of God make the decision our first seven years in New Zealand was literally God was testing us for our future testing us for our destiny testing us can I trust you with a city can I give you a city and I'm going to test you because I'm going to get you to be faithful in a climate where everything is hostile, where you have 101 legitimate excuses to quit, throw in the towel. To, and if you told people what was happening, everyone would say, can't blame you, absolutely did the right thing. But I never, I never found the, of God. I never found the, I never found the breath of God. I never found the God was always waiting over here. And I could have stepped over here, and when I did, I felt he was still back there, and I knew we had to keep being faithful. We had to just persevere. That in that, but I've got to tell you, there was there was things there. So, so I, I'm I'm well aware that, that we walk in a blessing and we walk in a favour that money can't buy, and it's because of faithfulness in a dark season, faithfulness in a difficult season. You need to understand that God treasures more highly than anything else, faithfulness. And we think that faithful, hey, you know, uh, if there's a feast and I turn up for the feast, God thinks that's faithful. That's not faithful. Anybody can turn up for the feast. Anybody can turn up when everything's going well. But when all hell's broken loose, when you've got 101 reasons to quit, can you still put your hand to the plow and say, come hell or high water, I'm serving If this is where God has called me to be, I'm serving because you'll find it's in those days that the well of God and the faith, and you'll find that God is always looking. Second Chronicles 16:9, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth, searching for him whose heart is faithful or other translations loyal, that God might show himself strong on that person's behalf. Perseverance. Perseverance. What is perseverance? It means that things are difficult. What did God open today with? We're crossing the Jordan. We're about to face giants. We're about to f- go into cities whose walls are right up to the sky. Where there are, there are men. The Bible says the Anakites were as tall as the cedars of, of Lebanon. You're going to be dwarfed. You're going to feel overshadowed, outgunned, Overwhelmed. Can you look through the trees? Can you look through the the walls? Can you look through the giants and see me? Can you stand on my power? Because God says, I'm crossing over with you. I'm crossing over with you and I'm going to go before you and I'm going to defeat them. and I'm going to deliver them to you. And the Bible says that the Israelites drove the giants out of the land they 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 wiped them out or the giants fled they fled from these these Israelite people because the Israelite people had a God who was fighting for them we have a God who is fighting for us we have a God who's delivering campuses we have a God who's raising leaders we have a God who's breathing on our productions Come on, he's breathing on Hero, he's breathing on Twisted, he's breathing on our campuses, he's breathing on our leadership, he's breathing on our finance, he's breathing on our men's conferences, he's breathing on our women's conference, he's breathing on our youth ministry, he's breathing on he's breathing in every single area. Let's just, let's be that generation. Let's not say, hey, God, we're the generation that's got to die in the wilderness, and another generation needs to rise up to believe God. Let's be the generation that believes God. Let's be the generation that's audacious. Let's be generation that believes for the impossible let's be the generation that is willing to do the difficult to see the impossible the only thing that's going against you and I is everybody gets a trophy culture if you grew up and if you have a trophy and you know you didn't earn the trophy what we've done is we've d- disarmed a generation saying hey if it's difficult it mustn't be God I've actually found the opposite I've rarely ever found God asking me to do something that's not difficult he's always asking me will you do the difficult because if you'll do the difficult you'll see the impossible Come on, how many people know when, when you're, you're failing to make it work on 100% of your income it's the most difficult thing to put 10% and start tithing. Yeah. Yeah. On, how many people know that in a, in a time-poor culture, it's difficult to start serving and volunteering in church? It's difficult to forgive. It's difficult be, to be the first to apologize in a relationship. God, the Holy Spirit will always lead you down the path of the difficult. But if you do the difficult, you'll see Him do the impossible. Amen. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word today. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that you, you've called us for such a time as this. And Father, what a great adventure is in front of us. Father, I know this, that Desconso is going to be our fifth campus, that the opening Sunday is going to be jam-packed, that we're going to see thousands of people we've never seen before, that have never even walked into our church before. They've heard of us but we haven't, we haven't met them. We haven't even seen them, but they're going to be saved. They're going to be healed. They're going to be delivered. Their lives are going to be transformed. We're going to have testimony after testimony. Father, we thank you for Risen Ranch. Father, we thank you for, for what you're doing. We thank you, Father, f- that you are breathing, that your blessing is on every part of your church. But Father, we we know that it's not because of our goodness. We know it's not because of our righteousness. We know, Father God, it's it's just because we dare to believe. We dare to believe, and we not afraid of the difficult. Come on, if you're not afraid of the difficult, give God a big amen. Come on. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 Church San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com.